start. Sooners of Oklahoma, 12-0, and still looking for respect nationwide. What is going on, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Barry and Mac Show. As always, myself, Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And alongside me, former Sooner wide receiver, 2000 national champ, Mr. Damian Mackey. How are we doing today, D-Mac? Let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. I've had 48 hours, and uh, by the way, I've, I've been harassed the last, I don't know, six hours. People asking why we haven't done the post game. So uh, I'm not feeling too good right now, but we got a job to do. So let's dive into it. Let's dive in. And as we know by this point, OU does not go to Stillwater and get the job done against the Cowboys in what was the final bedlam of the Big 12 era, uh, possibly the final bedlam for a while. Remains to be seen if OU and, and OSU decide to do an Iowa, Iowa State, or anything like that. I don't foresee that happening in the near future, but maybe cooler heads at some point will prevail. But that's not what on uh, is on everyone's mind, DMAC. What is on everyone's mind today and probably for the rest of the week until maybe Friday rolls around, we start previewing West Virginia, we get the mind kind of going somewhere else, right? But it's going to be hard to turn the page on what was a average to good at points defensive performance that that had enough, that did enough for OU to win the game. But offensively, and you're an offensive guy, right? Uh, played wide receiver at OU. We say it every day in the intro. You you played under you had Spurrier Jr., Leach, Mangino, a bunch of people who helped those offenses. Even in 2001, when the offense was not up to snuff as it had been in years previous, you guys still found ways to win games that were close and do just enough. Watching that product, DMAC, uh, watching what happened this past Saturday and seeing the inability to convert at key moments, the inability to pick up important first downs, the inability to run the ball when you need to and to throw the ball when you need to, it was evidence against Kansas, but we chalked it up to maybe that's the one game of the season. Maybe this is the the one-off that OU has essentially every year. Maybe it was the weather. You had great weather in Stillwater. And OU converted well between the 20s at times. But situational football reared its ugly head. Clock management, running the ball, being able to get to the sticks, converting when necessary. What was the number one thing that stuck out to you in relation to the offense uh, that that is – the most alarming uh it's got i got two there's one a and one b number one a situational football um i still can't i can't i can't rationalize the fourth and five and we run a two-yard route by the way i guess i'll just dive into it now barry we've run that play around four times by the way we ran it twice against texas guess how many times mm-hmm. we converted it against texas Neither. We ran it with Stoggs and we ran it with Stoops. Neither converted. I'm sure he has that on his play sheet as a like go to third and fourish type play, fourth and fourish type play. That shit don't work. Like like anytime you line up and say we're gonna design a play where after you catch the ball on a on a a short down and distance, you've got to go beat a guy to get the first. That's just terrible play design so that's that situational football um and then the other thing is personnel uh, it, it we don't need to see a player come in in a game like that who has not been uh getting a ton of reps 
And I mean, I don't know how many plays Barnes plays and I don't even blame him, but to put him in that position, it's to me, it's in, it's, you know, it's a, uh, I, I forget the word, but like, it's a, it's a, it's a negative. We didn't even have to consider, especially mm-hmm. after Tawi comes in in the second half and it's clearly good enough to have played. I, I don't understand what's happening. Um, so if you ask me, situational football is, is one where we can't afford to have on the job training with our offensive coordinator. Uh, personnel groupings is still an issue for me. I mean, that's a turnover. He gets the ball and he's so afraid he hot potatoes it and, and like he has possession of the ball. The ball is kind of fumbled. He gets it and is like, ah, I'm scared. And and that's how I mean that's a turnover. And I think what are you coached to do? What are you coached to do right there for all those listening at home? Yeah, well, I, I, well, here's the deal, right? Here, here's the bigger question, Barry. What the coach should do is not put a player like him in that situation. Mm. Right. So the coach should already say it's the same story we heard about Sachuk week two. We're in it. And by the way, in that game, we're up seven. And the rumor is, right, they didn't want to play him and put him in a position where his first game back was going to be a high, uh, you know, anxiety environment. I can't think of a more high anxiety environment than the one that Barnes was put in both last Saturday and this Saturday. Right. Like Barnes doesn't play at all against Kansas until we're going in to try to come back in the game. Right. And, 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 and I don't know. And then in this game, it's just arbitrary. He's arbitrarily in the game. There's no rhyme or reason. And then what happens after the turnover? He never plays again. So that, that mind, that's mind boggling to me to be week nine into a season. And then after that, we see Tawi and he begins to have success I, I I can't I can't rationalize it I don't understand it I I don't I don't think a brand new coach shouldn't make that mistake and, and I don't even just make that a position issue if I'm the OC and my running back coach wants to do that that's when I veto Nah bro we gotta win this game let's get that kid some reps when we're up ten right uh, uh, you know at mm-hmm. home you don't put him in that situation in that space and I think the overarching issue though that we all just continue to uh, state is the offense has no identity or depth either. Both of those are just, I have no idea what our identity is. Like, what are we trying to do? What are we trying to stop? What are we trying to take advantage of? I don't get it. I don't know it. And I know football. I know I know football. I know I know offenses. I know what, oh, when you're running the West Coast, this is what you're trying to do. Oh, when you're running the spread, this is what you're trying to do. When you're running the fun and gun, this is what you're trying to do. Like, I've seen a ton of them. I, oh, the, the spread option, the veer option, the wishbone. Like, I've studied them, played against them, or played on those teams. What is our offense? It, it, by the way, it doesn't look like Baylor's offense to me. It no. doesn't look like UCF's offense to me. It doesn't look like mm-hmm. it. So, I know I said three. But we, we could we could go all day, baby. I can go all day on this one, man. Just keep it keep it real with you. So I, I posted a few things. It I think situational football is the the biggest piece of it because there were some plays in there, Damian, that were not awful plays. Yeah. There are some plays where you've they they ran some of the uh, the swing passes to the field, right? But it's the personnel choice. It's when they are choosing to run it, right? You got a third and eight, and you're throwing it to Drake Stoops eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. He's got to go 16 yards. He doesn't have – so OU in uh, 17, they ran that play with Bidette. Bidette makes the safety a non-factor for the first 10 yards because of how fast he is, right? So you have a play like that, and this is just one that comes to mind that I posted on Twitter. You've got what is essentially a four-on-three or even a four-on-four. But the furthest guy away from the ball, as long as you get the first block, you're getting eight yards if that is Brennan Thompson catching that ball, right? If that is a guy, probably not Freeman, but anybody other than, I mean, you could put Nick Anderson there, have Nick Anderson catch the ball. He's a strider. He's going to get some, at least get some depth, right? And, and be able to extend that and string that play out. But it's personnel, it's situational, 
It is knowing who you've got in the game. And I, I did a little uh, deep dive because I'm going to go back into the Dylan Gabriel stuff, not to belabor that or anything, but I think, I think there are some factors there that the fans are just overlooking. And one that Gabe touched on on his podcast, and I've been saying it, you've been saying it since we've been on this pod, he has an issue mechanically throwing the deep ball. That is just a fact. Uh, Gabe on his podcast said he needs to change the way he throws it. I work with people all the time. I try to change stuff all the time in certain things, not really mechanics like that, sports-specific, but in other aspects. At 24 years old, as a D1 fifth-year senior, nothing is changing about the way he throws the ball. Who he is is who he is at this point in his career. You might be able to tweak a, a handful of things, but it's not changing. He has such a significant dip with the ball that it just kills timing. It creates the moon ball, right? Um, I know fans can't see at home, but if you're a quarterback, one of the things that made Baker's release so good was that ball was here and his first move is back, back. It's not down and then back. When you go down and then back, that is tenths of a second that that receiver has covered what what if they're doing receiver runs of what flying 10 and like one one right so they've they're five yards to five to ten yards further just because of that extra half second that you took even three tenths of a second that you took to dip that ball that's why they coach you not to dip when you're shooting in the NBA or in high school. They try to coach that out of you because it takes too much time. And he has an issue with that. Uh, so situational football, I think you hit the nail on the head. I want to ask about the defense, kind of broad overview. Then we'll get into some uh, more of the nuts and bolts. I posted over on Twitter that OU had a run of about seven straight possessions, DMAC, where they played really well after essentially getting blistered the first couple drives. Um, the, I believe their stretch run was fumble, punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, interception, punt. And OU, all they had to show for that was a 21-17 lead. Talk about what you saw with the defense. Talk about what uh, schematically maybe they changed but then also why there were so many struggles that to the fans were evident, right? We're not trying to say that the defense played a great game. We're not trying to say they're, they're the 85 Bears, but they did enough it felt to win. But what were some of the glaring issues? Uh, man, you know, this one kind of hurts my heart to say because uh, two things happened when they were uh, kind of slicing and dicing us. Um, and then those two things were corrected and we were able to get a handle on the game uh, for the most part. Uh, number one was personnel. Uh, two players were in the game who just th by virtue of them being in the game on their respective plays, it was 11 versus 10. Um, and that's why both players were removed. And by the way, one never went back in. I, I think someone said he got injured and maybe he went to the locker room or whatever. But uh, word on the street is he's demoted. He's a legitimate two. Uh, the other one is a guy who I've spoke about forever. Uh, and as soon as he left the game, uh, OU ended up having their best run fits of the entire season. Run fits for the season were the best they've ever been. Um, and so that that being obviously personnel, Key Lawrence kills us. He absolutely kills us on uh, early in the game. He literally, again, it's the FSU game all over again. Um, I was <laughs> I was listening to our pod, and you asked me. You said, hey, D-Mac, if you're going to be the D coordinator, what would you do? And I said, I'd start Key Lawrence at Cheetah. <laughs> literally last week. I was listening to it like two days ago, like, oh, shit. Um, but he, he fainted. He literally just kind of whiffs. Uh, by the way, Key played to third down. Uh, they, they, they punt. It's, I think it's even on their side of the field. It's where they make their first big play. They kind of run a screen or something. I don't remember the exact play. I have to go back and watch it. But Keelowitz kills us the first possession. He absolutely kills us. And then Kanek is just lost. He's slow. He's yeah. uh, Man, you posted something. And I don't know if you've posted it on Twitter. And again, man, I don't want to crap on the kid because he's still young. He's a second-year player in the program. But, guys, there's a play. Uh, Kanek gets beat. 
and they out leverage us and the guy's running down the sideline. And I don't remember. It's probably like Jacob Lacey or somebody. But the defensive tackle who was behind the play pursues the football and makes the play. And Kanick, who's our 4-4 super athlete, all whatever, middle linebacker, he's he's loafing. He's loafing like uh, the whole, oh, but he's the better athlete and he can chase. No, go watch that play. And, and by the way, that's not like a um, a once in a lifetime play. When he gets beat, you can kind of see he's in his head, like mad at himself versus getting back into the play. Um, there's another play, which I know this is a play why they take him out. It's third and medium. It's like third and 11. Uh, they run basically a whole concept. They run either the slot. I don't know if it's number one or number two, but it's Preston. He's a 5'8", 160-pound, 70-pound, soaking wet jitterbug. And, guys, they run him on like an eight-yard curl because the play is designed to go like eight yards. On the play, one, Canick doesn't get to his spot. He just doesn't get to his spot, but it's okay. Preston catches the ball at eight yards. And instead of just tackling him, he tries to take the ball and he gets the first down. That is just so like when you talk about being a sound ball player that I mean, man, you you just can't do it. You can't. And and that's the play where I was like, oh, you know, and they pick the first up and I think they go in and score. I think that's one of their scoring drives, if I'm correct. Uh, but needless to say, it's one of those drives where they're just like, oh, we in this game like this game is going to be. We, we got a chance and uh, you can't have it. So number one, I, I, I think when you put Jennings in, Spears Jennings in for, uh, for uh, Key Lawrence, and then you put Kip in and um, you let Kanick and, and McKenzie and those guys um, rotate, uh, that's a big difference. Number two is the cornerback position killed us. Um, yeah. And uh, had some, I had some, you know, I had some conversations that I can't really say specifically exactly what we discussed, but I talked to people who would know like directly and there was some dissonance. Uh, I, I, there were some people who disagreed with our philosophy for Saturday. Um, just some things that I was told is, you know, like they uh, Oklahoma State has the least explosive personnel in the conference. When I say explosive, what I mean by that is like guys who you have to play off and soft against because they're going to run away from you. And, uh, you know, I haven't watched a ton of their games, to be honest with you. I hadn't watched any of their games, to be very honest. Um, but I, I spoke to people who have. I spoke to people who've watched all their film. And week in and week out, they weren't running by people. And so, again, yeah. right, Barry, this – this kind of confirms and brings me back to to what I have been saying. You don't upgrade your cornerback position like OU's upgraded their cornerback position and then still play off and soft. That's not how you do it. That's not what LSU yeah. does. That's not what that's not what Georgia does. That's not what Bama does. Now don't get me wrong. You're not gonna play man every down like you would yeah. in the 90s and early 2000s. But the money downs, you tell the quarterback pre-snap, we're soaking up all the air. We're putting four or five at the line of scrimmage. We're not going to give you a ton of time to throw. Beat us. You don't go get four and five star players and then play off and soft. You don't go get four and five star players and then play big zones. That was what got us killed on the Kansas game when the last possession of the game. And it was a continuance of an issue for us where um, I play I play receiver at a pretty high level. Uh, again, on a championship caliber team. And I remember the national championship. In the national championship game against Florida State, I wasn't the guy who got housed the first possession. I told you guys, first play, they threw, they threw Kurt and Savo down. And me, and me and Dre were like, damn! They didn't call no penalties, nothing. We basically <laughs> knew at that play, like, okay, they're not, you know, the refs is going to let us play. Yep. I saw that happen, and I played the entire game with a chip on my shoulder. I know what happens when you start to gain confidence. That that number ten kid Owens, he's Oof. he's Braden Willis. I hate to say it, yeah. but like he's up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he's he's not H-back. super explosive. He, you know, no, not at all. And um, we gave him the confidence to play uh, over his head. 
If we if we punk him the first couple of plays and the quarterback doesn't have rhythm, he does not play as well as he played. He got some he got some early juice. He he made some plays. Because, by the way, it's just five yard hitches, six yard out routes. Like it's nothing that he out athlete our DBs. But he took the momentum and he seized our DBs momentum. We went through I think four yeah. DBs on that side. I think four different dudes took a stab at him. Uh, it, we did. We had. Gentry, Gentry on him. Josiah, we had Kanai. we had Kanai, we had Josiah, and we had Vickers. All four played against. Vickers him. was the other one. That's right. Vickers, Vickers got the uh, Vickers got the PI when the guy Oof. basically pushes him to the ground. So the uh, replay the way, today is even worse on that play. I've seen multiple angles now, even worse oh, yeah. than seeing it live. Oh yeah, it, it's. I, I don't even want. We'll talk about that. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but but the things that we could have controlled, right? Listen, I, how many times? And people, again, people always give me flack. I don't hear anybody giving me flack about Canic. I don't. I don't have an issue with Canic like I had an issue with the Lebackers last year, or I had an issue with with 25 last year. Canic needs to learn. He needs more. He needs to sit on the sideline and, and get mental reps. He's he's not ready to take 40, 50, 60 snaps a game. He's too easy of a guy to pick on. And I think I think yesterday or Saturday was the final nail in the coffin. It might be to the point, Barry, where he doesn't get a chance to play because they love the Lewis Carter kid or uh, the, the kid from Florida. They love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think Kip is in a position now where – even if stunts comes back, they're moving stunts so that he and stunts can play together. I mean, I kept 15 tackles. He had the best run fits of the season. He graded out the best for backers this season uh, in that game. And by the way, he graded out very well against Kansas as well. I think yeah. Kip has earned the right to be the guy. And you're kind of to the point where if you don't give him a chance now, I think he knows how good he can be. You don't want him being a risk of a guy who portals out. Right, so you got to you got to like, make the team wise decisions is, with kids who have potential. Yeah, is there yeah. is there anything to the team seeing that and going like, dude, he's the best backer we have? So, I, I do I know of anything definitive? No. Do I think teams see that kind of stuff? Yes. Do the backers watch film together? And is he popping off the screen like the last two weeks? He's probably playing as good as 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 stunts played at any time in the season aside from the game changing plays right the pick six yeah you know the you know stunts has had some some wild moments which an, a player in his position should um but i think kip does have a higher ceiling i think today Oof. stunts is the better player and stunts has earned the right to be the alpha dog but we're, we're in good position if we keep kip around the next two seasons i think he's a four-year guy because he's got to gain some weight next year will kind of be his first year as a true starter um and, and obviously with Stutz coming back and then the Carter kid coming along and Sammy O coming along, I mean, we're, 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 we're still trending in the right direction in terms of what we want to do. But Kip's got to play every snap. Kip's a guy who could should, which, by the way, he didn't come off the field. McKenzie and Canick were the ones rotating out. And so uh, that, that says a lot. He's got to gain some damn weight. He's got to eat some damn uh, some bread, some peanut butter sandwiches, triple eggs, potatoes, and you know, hella pasta. He's got to do what he's got to do. Yeah, he's got to throw it on. And I'll, I'll say, man, McKenzie played really well. I thought overall, the backers' impact that was probably the game, maybe save Texas at certain points, where the impact of the linebackers was felt the most outside of the first three games. First three games, a little bit of throwaways. But there was things even McKenzie was doing. I know there's one play where he goes up, and his job, you can tell, is to get forward and to blow up the tight end. Like that is his job, is to blow up that gap. And he gets in there, sticks his head down, and does it. Rarely, I'll say this about McKenzie, he's still got to, he's not quick and agile enough to be incredibly impactful in the pass game, but he is very deliberate, which leads me to think that that will improve. He'll start leveraging that lack of agility, understand where he needs to be, because you already kind of see it with how he plays the run. He's He knows where he he needs to go, and he kind of it's almost like watching someone who just said, says like, this is my assignment. I'm not going to do anything outside of my assignment. I'm going to do what I'm told to do. 
and try to do it the best I can. My job is to blow up the tight end, to take on this guard. I'm going to do it as best as I know how. My job is to um, drop and get depth in my coverage, get out here. That is his job, and that is solely what he's doing. He plays with much quieter feet than Canick. If you watch Canick, his feet tell you everything about him. Even when he is in a back, he did this, uh, this against Texas too. Outside of like the first drive when it felt like they kind of knew what Texas was getting to, his feet are all over the freaking place. And when you watch Stutzman, right, if people want to juxtapose this and say, well, what are you talking about? Watch Canick and watch Stutzman and watch how little movement Stutzman is doing. He is so efficient in getting to his spots. He knows where he needs to go, and that is timing and preparation, right? That is seeing the game much slower than Canick is seeing the game, and that's not a knock, right? That is, it took Lehman some time, right? Lehman was a really good athlete. The backer that he was in 2003 was, and I'm sure he would tell you the same, was far superior than what he was in 2001. I'm sure he would tell you that. And I think the same could be said for Canick. He's just got to get there. He did not play the position enough in high school. And, and I think that's, that's a massive, massive factor. Um, so the defense played well enough to really hold off Ollie Gordon. He, I want to say run game, they had 3.8 yards per carry. If I, let me ask you this. If I had told you they hold him under 150 yards rushing and he had 3.8 yards per carry on over 30 carries. What would you, what would be your general thought as to what that outcome would look like? You, the, the stats he ended up having, what would I have thought if yeah. I hadn't seen the game? And I mean, yeah. we would have been a job well done. That's a good quality. That's a quality back. He's probably the best back in the, in the conference. If not, the kid from Texas is really good too. I, I really like that kid. Brooks. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he got the line share of it on two plays, which, by the way, they're going to win some plays. You know what I mean? Now, his first run is Arcanic, unfortunately. Unfortunately, the first the first run he had. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Canic and Key Lawrence. Oh, they both just, just – Key Lawrence runs into the Oh, when Key and whips says, into oh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, he just and he did that him. twice. It's, the yeah, one on the edge and then the on one the – Yeah. Yes. Yep. And the B-gap. Um, listen <laughs> – the defense made the adjustments they needed to make at backer and and they they got some solid wins we got some solid wins the defensive line the zero and the three who were paying in that 40 and when we went to a 30 those guys played on the other side of the line of scrimmage quite often uh they is again I, I so again i hear he struggles with the defense you know he's a guy who played a very minimalist position last year as an edge rusher you know, you rush the quarterback or you buzz the flats, essentially. Now being asked to be a cheetah, who's kind of like an all-everything position, and potentially be a backer, which in, D- in BV's uh, defense is a very complex position. So I think there's a learning curve in terms of assignment, alignment and assignment. But in terms of chase ball, run ball, hit ball, he, he's better than everybody. Canning ain't close. Mm. When Dayson is on one side of the field and he knows what to do and the ball is coming, he cancels it. Pass or run. Boom. Consistently. Um, but I, I would have felt like like we're talking about something that wasn't the reason we lost the game. Ollie Gordon was not the reason they beat us. Uh, the kid made some tough runs and he's a you know, he's a heady player and you know you know what's crazy? You wanna hear something crazy? Switch Ollie Gordon and Tawi. And Tawi is Ali Gordon. OU fans wouldn't be saying Tawi sucked. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Ali Gordon wow, is yeah. is a very similar player to Tawi. He ain't taking it 80 because he beat people in a foot race. They run a man concept and they down block and they eliminate people. And he's just really good running through traffic. And yep. uh, probably a little. Yeah, much I was surprised by his speed. Yeah, I was surprised because I've seen him in in a, a couple other games, but he was not as fast as I had envisioned. In seeing him, he wasn't just Sawchuck is a good clip faster than Ali Gordon is. Oh, for 
Sure. Listen, Ali Gordon's a four six guy. He'll probably train and run a four five three four five five four pro day because for nine weeks he specifically trained for that, and the track is yeah. now fast. But he's a four six guy, like without question. And Walker won't be guy. far behind. And Walker, Walker won't be, won't far, be far, behind. far behind. He will not be far behind. So, so let's talk a little bit about what OU needs to do for them to win these final three games, DMAC. You got West Virginia, BYU-TCU. Very winnable games, especially once you get beyond the West Virginia game. But at this point, winnable on paper. At this point, you can't take anything for granted. Even TCU, I don't feel like that game is going to be a gimme. Do I hope and think it goes like the Iowa State game? At this point in the year, probably not. I think the confidence on this team is probably shot. And that is a massive factor. You have players who are hanging their head. And a lot will – the rest of the season will be dictated by how this West Virginia game goes at home, I feel. I feel very strongly about that. You've had two losses that were both away, right? You lose to Kansas on the road, lose to OSU on the road. Lebby has caught massive, massive hell this week. And that would be putting it – very mildly. What can he slash Venables do in one short week before they play West Virginia to try and dial in a little more effectiveness with, with some of their thought process in their approach, right? Trying to be more effective in the play calls on third down. You're not going to have a brand new playbook. You're not going to go get brand new personnel. What can you do that ensures you go and West Virginia is probably the best defense of the past three they've played. West Virginia has played good defense all this, uh, pretty much all season. And they have a good defensive line. Their front seven is really solid. What do, what does OU need to do to get past this and be able to win the next game? So let's take pie in the sky out. If I'm, if I'm Levy, this is what I do. Number one, um, I, I say, hey guys, personnel wise, these are our ones, these are our one A's, and these are our twos. And 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 here's the deal: one A's, uh, you guys don't play unless the one is tired. Okay, uh, twos, you guys be ready to go, but you may not play Saturday. Um, I've been in both. I've been the first guy that rolls out, play one. Because I'm the one, or I'm the one A, and I had the better week of practice, so I got rewarded the first possession. I've been a one A where we've 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 rotated every possession because we both played well the week before and had a good week of practice. And I've been a one A who coach says, "Hey man, go go only go go and get Dre only when he's tired." Or or K State 2000 championship season, Mackey, you only play when Josh Norman's tired. By the way, I want to win. You know what I'm saying? I'm on every special. Josh is going to get tired because Josh is never in good shape, but Josh had the matchup. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not like I'm not sweating it. Right. You know, a and I played a ton more because I had the better matchup against A&M. So the first thing we got to do is get very like the dudes need to know who they're playing with. And that plan needs to be with the dudes. I still feels to me like we're doing a Chinese fire drill where it's mass a switching and swapping and flipping and flopping. And there isn't chemistry amongst the players. And, and that's such a critical aspect of the game. If I am always in with, jo- with, with with Dre Woolfolk, and I know Dre likes to block this particular way, it makes it easy for me when I'm running a quick screen to run opposite the way I know he's going to block. If there's wholesale changes all the time, you're just hoping and wishing. You don't give yourself that advantage that you have. You take away an advantage you have. So I'm, 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 I'm tightening down on the offensive line. There should be six dudes. Unless somebody's injured. Straight up. There shouldn't be seven, eight, nine dudes rotating in week nine, week ten. Uh, running back, there should be the starter and the guy who comes in to, to, to address his being tired and, and potentially a third down back. A third down back. So that's number one. Uh, the number two thing that I think we need to do is we need to just say, hey, listen, uh, we're going to go. We're going to we're going to throw away uh, uh, all this delay stuff in the backfield. 
our RPO delay game is absolutely trash. We say, hey, we're going to simplify the playbook. We're going to do what we do well. Guys, what do we like? Uh, did you notice they did more man schemes? Yeah. That guard, that guard tackle deal, which is similar to what we used to do in the past. Uh, they did probably three or four different man concepts. That was Chuck's big first run, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they just do, what they just saw numbers and then said we're going to that side. Was that the or did they line up with that call? I, no, they lined up in it. I, I got to go back and okay. watch, but they lined up in it for sure. Uh, I don't know if he called at the line of scrimmage to decide that he liked better. It could have been a check with me. I'm not positive. I I, ha, I haven't gone back to, but it was a man. But all of their big runs were man, except for mm. I want to say Tawee's touchdown. I think that's just an inside zone, but. Uh, we gotta just we gotta say, hey Anderson, what do what are your three plays? First, Gabe, Dylan, Gabriel, what's your three plays you like? We gotta know what our guys like and run them. Oklahoma State ran about five plays that they like. The receiver knows where to be. The quarterback knows rhythm when to throw it, and it's the it's the action slant. By the way, it's a play I've been begging for us to run forever. They ran it on us. Yeah. Right. Um, it's the curl out concept. They inside runs a curl outside runs a count and out. It's two ISOs. So the quarterback picks the side. He has two ISOs. He can either take the curl over the safety backer, depending on his zone, or he could take the out if, the, if there's leverage. He can, he can see it. It's very simple. There's not a lot of stuff involved. We as an offense have to define our our identity. Like, is our quick game a hitch? Is our quick game a screen behind the line of scrimmage? Is our quick game a jet sweep? You know what I'm saying? Is our quick game RPO? Yeah. Like, we don't even have an identified quick game. Is our quick game slants? Earlier in the year, our quick game was slants. We ran slants, rain, sleet, or snow for five or six weeks. We don't even run the slant that much anymore. No, because we said look at Dylan and look at his improvement in that area of the game. I remember vividly Man. we said, Oh, okay, okay, that's different. That's yes. an improvement, Dylan. Yes. And and I, I and you yeah. know I, I don't go I don't know why we don't just have our part of our quick game just be the the, the quick fade. We got six three dudes on the outside. Take your three steps and one V by the way, they did it to us. And they got some phantom calls. Um but so identity-wise, Barry, I, I don't know our identity, but if we have to go into this week, that's some things that are fixable is we – I would prefer we die on the hill running the stuff we are good at, right? If they beat us mano y mano, I can live with that. But your fourth and five play, it's a play I haven't seen work since like week three. It worked earlier in the year, I remember. And by the way, it worked a couple times where, where, where Stoops caught it behind the line and had to go get it. But it hasn't worked since Texas, probably before Texas. And why are we running a play when all the chips are on the table where even if it works? By the way, he caught that ball. I don't know. You know, he juggles it, but he actually catches the ball in bounce. If we just run a route where if he catches the ball in bounce, uh, it's a first down, then we're in better shape. But... You know, that that kind of stuff, again, we can't do the -the on-the-job training. Now, hopefully we talk about refs because I want to talk about – the. obviously the pass interferences are are terrible. The play before fourth down, um, I think it's Smothers maybe. We run a play to Smothers, and he kind of gets held up, and the Calvary's coming to push him forward. And the refs blow the whistle, uh, not giving us the ability to take the momentum yards that are guaranteed to come. His 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 momentum was not stopped. He was kind of in a position where they hit each other and they're doing this. And here comes our cavalry to push the pile. The ref blows the whistle immediately so that we're not allowed to get those two or three yards. And guess what? Fourth and two, that play to Dre probably works. Drake probably catches that ball at the at the pile or at the yardsticks, the yard markers, and we're moving along. But man, the ref didn't do us a favor at all. The play before, just go watch it. It's 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 something you may not have even paid close attention to, but it's a play where the ref intentionally blows the whistle before momentum has fully stopped because our guys are coming to push the pile, um, and and a play very similar to it is the play where Ford. 
uh, it's fourth and they're going for it on fourth down and Ford splits a guy and hits Ollie in the backfield. And really the play's done. Ollie's he's he's kind of got Ollie, he's over Ollie. Well, guess what? The Oklahoma State line comes and tries to push the pile and the ref allows yep. it to happen. And we end up getting him behind the line of scrimmage, but he could have blew the whistle for two seconds and then because he wanted to see if the player could do something even when he had him because his momentum wasn't stopped. Same exact play, same exact scenarios. Uh, I would even say Smothers is even an advantage or whoever the running back is, but I think it's Smothers because he's he's kind of like jockeying, jockeying, jockeying. It's not like four people. It's 1v1, and here come our guys, and the whistle is blown now, blah, 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 and boom, we, get, we don't get the momentum. It's probably an additional two yards. Uh, we don't get it. So, man, I, I, here's the thing, though, Barry. We've lost by um, – you know, a late touchdown where the defense, in my opinion, screws us against K-State. I mean, I think coach doesn't do the right thing. Levy put him in a position where we couldn't just win the game. But I wish Coach V would play with more aggression. Um, and then we lose to Oklahoma State, you know, at the goal line, uh, going in and try to tie or take the lead. And obviously the rest don't help us there. So we don't need wholesale changes. Our team is good enough. Our coach just yeah. needs to be a little more uh, intentional. He needs to have a little bit more balance. He needs to have uh, a, a, cl- a clear game plan. We've said it for two years. We don't think he knows how to game plan. He's a shot caller. He'll, he'll, he'll throw, he'll run shot plays, or you know, he's going to try to set you up. He doesn't have a plan that's going to force you to do this, and then when you do this, he pivots there. And then when you when you try to compound the pivot that he did there, now he's attacking you here. We've, we've never seen our offense do that. Uh, with Levy, and at this point, that's something he's either going to grow to, or it's just an aspect of his game he's 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 not good at. I don't want to have, I don't want to ask you to put a percentage on it. The, I, I know kind of where I stand, and I think a lot of it has to do with recruiting and stability. And I, I still personally think OU's personnel just needs to be better at certain positions. I think. There still needs to be improved personnel at the tight end spot. I think Devon Mitchell immediately makes this team much better in that area. Um, If not year one, for sure year two. I think even an athletic uh, Cade McIntyre with a year under his belt next season makes that tight end position better because, and this is just to be kind of point blank, on a lot of these plays, especially ones that were, were killed behind the line of scrimmage, it is a missed Stogner block. Mm. And when when he so is on the perimeter, when he's on the perimeter, man, it is just not good football. And that's that's the easiest way to put it. The third and eight that I posted, right, where the play design isn't horrible. You've got decent leverage to the field. Right, you're you're not in. It's not the worst call. It's not great. It's not the worst, but it's blown up because Stogner just point blank, he cannot move in space. Maybe he could two, three years ago. Maybe that's a block he's able to get to. But one, I don't remember Riley's scheme really asking him to do a bunch of in space blocking. Is that something in that? So, so that's one piece, right? Because Lebby asks that a ton of him. When he is split wide or he's in the slot, if he's, he is doing a lot. of. But he's okay in line, right? We've talked about it as a sniffer. If he's in line, he does an okay enough job to shield and get in front of people. I don't think he's going to blow people up like Mitchell might or even like a, Nate, like a Roberts, right? I can't remember. I think it's Nate Roberts. Um, like he might. Or be as athletic as a McIntyre, but man, you put him in in space. I just don't think he's getting to the block. And come I out, think at this come point, out, come out, go come ahead. Out. He killed us. I forgot. Stogner killed us. Stogner killed us. He was absolutely atrocious. And, I, and man, it sounds bad. And I'm not talking about him, but every time he went up against one or five in space, he he got dog yeah. beat. Like, I mean, and, and, and it was Every bad. Time. 
it was bad. It was really bad. And it hurt my heart because he's trying his ass off. He's got a lot of effort. Uh, he's a sooner. And, you know, here I am, right, trying to find a good. But he, he got dog beat on both edges. Five and one dominated him in the screen game. I don't, I don't know that he made one block. And every time his guy made the tackle. And um, you could see how much it hurt him just watching it. He's on the ground. He's trying to block him with his back because the guy already beat him. And he's trying to like lean his yeah. back into him. He, 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 listen, at that point, that's coaching. That's like saying, hey, Mackie, I want you to run by Deion Sanders and we're going to throw you the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like the first time he houses Ooh. that, why would you go back to that? You you changed you, so you you put uh, Anderson at a little why you 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 take that play out of the playbook and say we ain't running that right now we're gonna run it at a two by two instead of three by one something but we go back to that play in a key moment in the game and I mean he he barely even he he touches I think it's five on this one with his back. Like he gets yeah, he's beat barely so bad. making contact. Yeah, yeah. He's beat yeah. so bad. He's lunging with his back to try to do something. That's coaching. I, I, Stogner, Stogner has no business, you know what I'm saying, trying to make that block, but that that's coaching. You shouldn't put that Which, I mean, it's funny because we said the same thing last year. Offensively, it always seems to get a pass. Defensively, the fans call it out more, right? I, I feel like last year it was like that with 25. It's get him off the field. Right. Uh, this year it's been seven people saying the same thing, but it's been an issue. And every time he's out there and they throw the ball that way, if he's going up against, I mean, really at this point, anybody outside of an undersized defensive end, he's going to have a problem uh, containing. Want to ask you about the officiating. It was uh, oh. interesting to say the least. And I think we should go there because the fans, DMAC, it was probably, I would say, half of it, half of Twitter was about the game. Freaking fly in here, mosquito. Half of Twitter was about the game. Half of it was about the officiating. You had the missed call on Stoops, obvious as can be. Uh, you had the pass interference on Vickers. And now, DMAC, they have since shown different angles i don't know if you've seen them of venables coming out onto the field and i'm letting you know right now venables barely got to the numbers he didn't have a chance to get the back side of the the last few letters of the f word out before the flag was thrown it was a very 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 quick flag um it was Literally, P.I. flag is thrown. Venable sees the call. He's walking out to the numbers. He appears to say something. He does the, the pass interference officiating hand gesture, and flag is thrown. I know everybody wants to scream conspiracy, and at this point, I feel like there might be even just the smallest merit to that. But I want to get your opinion, especially being a former player and just hearing officials in the game, seeing the way they call stuff, knowing that they call stuff, stuff different depending on the atmosphere, depending on the team you're playing, right? It all is – it's human nature, right? If you got a, a, a physical matchup between LSU and Alabama, we watch those games every year. It feels like the officiating is different in those games. They let those guys play because that's what people expect out of that game. But in this one, it was it was tough. They missed the block in the back on on PJ. Granted, you don't see that called a whole lot right there, but fans still pointed it out. So to 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 give it its due, I'll bring it up. But what what was your what was your take on that? Outside of the Stoops play, how egregious? What what DEFCON level should Sooner fans be at for these final three games in terms of making sure? that they win these by at least double digits. So it's not a factor again. I think it only depends on how close we are to still playing for the conference championship. I think in August, they made a decision that they're going to do everything in their power to keep us out of the conference championship. It is good for the conference for us to be good for the season because it makes them more money. So I think they want to have their cake and eat it too. Um, 
they we may not get another egregious call because we're just about out of the picture for playing for anything that really matters. And that's what their mission was. Uh, I don't think it's a conspiracy. Things aren't conspiracy when you can flat out see that it's it's there, right? Conspiracies are things that people conjure up or there isn't evidence to back it up. There is there is clear and validated evidence. It's not a conspiracy. Uh, this is a fix. That that's that's the way I look at it. Back to Venable's play. Uh, Dusty, I think, and or yeah, Dusty and whoever the other guy is that are calling the game. You they they go back and watch the game version of it. The guy, I forgot who the other guy's name is. He says, yeah, Venable's not a guy who coaches. So, you know, let's go back. And, and he's 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 preempting us to see Venables act crazy and act malicious. But he doesn't. When they show the replay, Venables walks out to him, asks him a question, and the flag goes up. There's no yell. There's no berate. None of that. Now, go back to the play. Uh, when Oklahoma State gets called for 12, there's a, there's a, there's a play early in the second quarter or late in the first quarter where the refs throw a flag on Oklahoma state for 12 and a huddle. And even the commentators say, Hey, this might be on Oklahoma. Like we're not sure if it's Oklahoma or if it's Oklahoma state, it's the play where Tawi comes in and he has to rotate out or either, or either it's either of his first snap in the game or he, he's kind of tired and he goes out for a play and, and Gundy's upset because they say, Hey, Oklahoma subbed. Somebody came in and somebody came out. We should get the chance to sub. They got the penalty. Go watch how he handles that and where he's standing while he handles that. He's yelling, acting like an upset coach. He's 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 legitimately pissed off. By the way, I didn't want a penalty called on him for that. I get it. Coaches fight for they for their players. But for them to throw that penalty on BV when it's a blatantly terrible call. And the TV version, all you got to do is go to the TV version and watch after it happens. They're going to go back trying to see what he did. And the guy is preempting that Venables did something to berate. And he literally just walks out and he says something. Now, unless he said, unless he said seven, let four letter words in, in, in a second and a half. Right. And it's funny because the guy is saying, yeah, Venables isn't known to cuss like that. And you and they show it right when he says that, and he's literally just asking him something. And I don't know what he says. I can't see it. I can't lip read. Uh, but oh man, it's it's blatant. It's blatant. And at this point, we gotta accept it. You know why? Because we didn't play good enough to beat their ass. I told you Ooh. we gotta big brother them. We gotta we gotta put them in a half Nelson, give them a knuckle sandwich and a wedgie, and let everybody in that stadium know. Like, y'all don't deserve to be on the same field of us. The refs would not have done that. We gave them every opportunity. We were we were loose with the ball. We we were not fundamentally sound in our tackling early. Uh, and the refs just succumbed to the crowd. They succumbed to the environment. They succumbed to an expectation that they got to protect. The refs are going to be in the Big 12 next year, by the way. Those refs are going to be in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's going to be in the Big 12 next year, right? So they, they, there is a legitimate reason for them to go in that direction versus to, you know, make concessions for us. So uh, th- that's not a conspiracy. The fix is in, but we still controlled. If we beat their ass, regardless if the fix is in or not, they don't have a place to go and trying to uh, take it from us because they took it from us. I got Oklahoma State people who I have not even responded to, said anything to, sending me pictures like, look, you guys cheat. This is literally the caption. You guys cheated, too. And they're showing pictures of 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 like, look at this. This is like they're literally providing screenshots of like random plays and saying, look, (laughs) this is a hold like, dude, that's a play. Every play in football, you know, the guy's hands are one's hands here. It's, you know, and so they know the conference did them a solid and I can't hate. What we didn't do, and I won't make an excuse for, is we should have beat their ass. They are not explosive. They are not extremely good. We gave them everything they they wanted, and then we should expect. After Kansas and what happened at Kansas, we should have expected us to not get any calls, and we should have expected home cooking with the team standing conference. That's the way I see it. Yeah, it's going to be such an interesting stretch of three games. 
OU still not mathematically out of the conference championship picture, but very unlikely. Right now, they would be in a three-way tiebreak with K-State, OSU, potentially Kansas. Um, so in that event, having lost to KU and OSU, it is going to be uh, a, a tough road sledding. And I, I want to say that it, it's probably – I'd love to see the percentage on it of where I'm sure that will come out probably either today if it hasn't come out. Uh, usually they'll put a percentage on it, like 10 15%. Be curious to know where it is. College football playoff totally out of the picture. Any chance um, – because uh, Twitter has been uh, quite, uh, quite heavy with this sentiment. Any chance that OU rolls Jackson Arnold out or is this – at this point, my take is they are going to show DG all the love for what he's done the past two years. They would not kind of put him on blast like that and completely yank him. I do think maybe in the BYU-TCU game, depending on how those are going, I highly doubt it against West V. Maybe you see Jackson in there for a play and or series or two and you're absolutely going to see him in the bowl game. But any chance that, that Jackson sees more than, more than that series or two, or is that just kind of a pipe dream for fans who, who want to see him play? You know what? I think this is going to be interesting. And by the way, I think this will be one of the most important things, most, one of the most important decisions Coach Venables makes the, rest of the remainder of the season. Here's why. If he if he shows homage and love and support for DG, it just means he's a good man and wants to to do right by his players. If he gets Jackson the requisite reps he needs to feel more comfortable going into the SEC, it means he wants to win. Uh, you know, there is. I mean, Ooh. at OU you play for championships. At OU, you know, I want to. I want to. You know, someone's going to respond to this. And someone's going to say, oh, Mackie, blah, 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 blah. So I want to make sure I, I, I say this correctly. We don't give a damn about 10 and 2 if we're not playing for the conference championship and, and the ability to play in a, in, in a you know, uh, the playoff or New Year's Six. Maybe we have a really uh, slight opportunity to play in a New Year's Six, uh, but, but I doubt it. This is all about, listen, we got to, we got to, we have to market to our recruits. We have to market to our pups. Guys like Kip, like Smothers, like Jennings, um, the, the corners are, you know, Woody's a guy who I don't think you sit. But, like, we got to see what Halton's got. We got to see what these guys have. Now, I'm not talking about wholesale. We're going to, you know, we're going to risk losing games. But if we're not rotating those guys in more consistently, I think Jennings is going to be a guy you see. Especially with Peyton, one hundred percent. Yep, um, I 100%. think I think Wags is a guy they're going to be wanting to get a look at. But again, he's a guy who next he, he's a boundary corner. By the way, he's 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 really a boundary corner, um, and he's a guy who next year there's going to be a slot available. And and I think there's we've got to give him a chance to get some reps. We can't just say the first two games of next season is what matters, nah, because that competition is going it's going to accelerate quickly. Um, Jackson Arnold should play. By the way, Jackson Arnold should play on regular possession downs when the game is still in the balance. We could be up 10 or, or you know, I, by the way, I wouldn't mind seeing him if we're down four. We're down four. It's the second quarter. Get a kid a series or two. The kid needs yeah. to play when the bullets are flying, and we need to see what he's got. Um, so I believe – this is just Mackie speaking, no bias, no crimson colored glasses. If 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 BV just gives uh, Dylan all the reps, I think that makes him a good man, and, and Dylan deserves that, right? I'm gonna say the word deserves, right? Because sometimes you don't get what you deserve. Um, Jackson needs to play in games that matter in situations that are not the the Jackson Dozer or whatever the hell they called that stupid quarterback package that they were doing for him for, for a series or three, especially when he's the better thrower, <laughs> the kids, the better thrower. And we're yeah. trying to, we're oh trying to, you know, run him through a brick wall. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what coach is going to do. 
Um, but we play for ships, and the ships are out the window. And and I'm a DG guy now. I'd wear a DG jersey. Yeah. DG earned my respect. He's a true blue. I fool with you sooner. Like I, I fools with Buddy. I fools with him tough. He played his heart out. He's limited. He's a B minus guy. But he's not the reason we lost either game. His OC let him down against KU, flat out. You know what I'm saying? And again, the play, the the, the design of the plays, and and some of the things that he was asked to do were good. We had a receiver drop a touchdown. By the way, that 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 ball he threw was a good one. That deep ball, you said it down the left. That was a great ball. You talking about the Anderson? Yeah, talking about Anderson. Don't want me to get my steak dinner, man. Anderson don't want me to get my steak dinner. That's what that's. Oh yeah, man. Stoops is closing in, man. If not, I think he's tied. No, it's six to eight. So, okay, baby, six to eight. Uh, but, so I go ahead. Keep, continue. Well, I'm go just ahead. saying. I'm just saying. Uh, should he? Yes. Will he? I don't know. And if he doesn't, part of me gets it, and I respect it. But like, if we're Wyoming, whatever. If we're Texas Tech, what? Or OU? We play for ships. We need Jackson to get reps. And and I don't think it's a bad thing for. I think that's a BV, not a Levy thing. I think BV says, "Hey, listen, you played your heart out. I love you. I appreciate what you brought to the program. We're not demoting you." But we're going to give the puppy opportunity to get a couple reps per half. I think DG respects that. You, hey bro, you're not going to you're yeah. not going to New York anymore. You know what I'm saying? You're not in the Heisman yeah. watch. You're not in the John the the, the, the O'Brien award. All that stuff is out. You're out. Yeah. Right. Go play winning football. Go mentor this young lad. Hey, give give the NFL and these other leagues a stab. I tell you what, if things don't work out, I'll have you come back and be an analyst. Like, be a team guy. Be a team guy and and go go play the best you can play and let Jackson Arnold do his thing. To me, that makes too much sense. I have no clue if that's going to happen. Yeah, I I have a bit of a take on this, and I think that the pressure is going to be on Levy down the stretch. And you know, we heard stuff coming out of camp that you know DG is going to lead. He's going to run the offense, but. Jackson just looked I had it sounds so cliche when people say look different but he is an elite prospect with elite level attributes and with the pressure on Lebby I would not be surprised if the ability to alleviate some of that which it seems he feels it right they didn't go vertical in the Kansas game what does he do against Okie State he pushes the ball down the field, right? They're critical of the run game. What is he doing against UCF? He goes out there and he tries to pound the rock the last three games. He tries to figure out. He hears what the fans are saying. <laughs> I think he 100%. listens to the pod. I think he listens to the pod. I think he listens to the pod. <laughs> hey, there like, we I was, go. I wasn't going to say that. Hold on, I'm going to get back to you. I was like, bro, why don't we run sprint outs? We ran the sprint out, not the one to, not the one to Stoops. Not the that one. is, oh my gosh, that is hilarious. We, oh my gosh. Like, he listens to the pod. He listens. We ran a, and it worked. We got a good yardage. Anyway. Yeah. My bad. Go ahead. My bad. Yeah. I, I wonder if the ability to say, yeah, I, I, you guys know what I am this, this year. But here is a here is a little bit of a sneak peek as to what the offense potentially looks like with Jackson. And with Jackson, it just unlocks some different things that Dylan is just not capable of doing. Jackson changes quick I, I said this long time ago. This is not new. Jackson changes quick game. Jackson changes read option. Jackson changes vertical passing down all of those balls that are with Jackson. Those are overthrows or on target that that is just what it is. And with Jackson, the plays where Dylan is able to get space on those third and sixes, maybe those long third downs and, and get a first Jackson is a threat to take it for six. That is the difference and Dylan to Jackson. And I partially wonder, uh, as we're about to get out of here today, I wonder if the the ability to put that out there to Sooner Nation is not is just too great for him to pass up. I love that. Um, and I love that. I I wonder if that's what we're going to, and I and I have a feeling. D Mac, that it might be. You know, you know what you just I, did. Right? I w- 
You know what you just did, right? <laughs> you know what? You, just, what? you just set us all up for failure. Everyone's going to be pissed off when he doesn't do it because oh that makes God. so much sense. That makes too much sense. And we're all going to be like, that makes so much sense. Like, he needs to let the Sooner Nation know. Like, it's going to take some heat off of him. Probably 100%. He does that. Jackson goes out there and performs, goes 10 for 10, rushes for 60, gets a touchdown, one explosive play. Everybody's like, oh, okay. We see what we see what the issue was, um, but got to get out of here. DMac, uh, g- give us a few words to Sooner Nation before we check off today. I don't know if he just did that on purpose, but I just heard you say Jackson goes ten for ten with a touchdown and an explosive play. <laughs> he already did that. <laughs> he literally did that. <laughs> He literally, he literally, I think those are his stats. Like, oh, so that was. I think he was ten for ten. Yep, yep, yep. With a touchdown and explosive play. With a touch. Anyway, uh, listen. I, I, you know what? This one, this one. Um, here's where I'm at. We overexceeded my expectations midseason, and uh, I think it's been so long since I've seen us play even glimpses or quarters or even possessions of really solid sound defense uh, that I really am not getting lost in the forest for the trees. Like you said, we're not there yet. This is a year where there isn't any juggernaut team. So who knows? You just get into the tournament and see how things shake out. Uh, But we're not there yet, but we're close. And I think you, you, you know, you spoke to it. The coaches, they're not listening to the pod. They're making adjustments. And I think they're seeing some of the things that can improve. And I'm speaking about the coaches in general, not, the, you know, some specific folk who I think are just not worth their salary today. Uh, but as a whole, I still feel really good about where our program is going. I feel really good about the guys we are recruiting and have in tow. Uh, I feel really good about um, us going into the SEC and having a defense that'll be able to play ball in that in that conference um, and having the right s- schemes and things in place. Um, and I feel good about our quarterback next year. And you got you know I always say this is a quarterback driven game. Now I think we're gonna we're gonna show people we have one of the very best. I I, I part of me a very small percentage of me wants to say Jackson. With the two games we lose with Dylan are games that we could have won with Jackson that are going to be worth the two losses. We, like we maybe we don't win Texas with Jackson for whatever reason, whatever right. But I feel like it was a wash. I don't think the team, mm. the team, if we take our exact same team and we switch the quarterbacks, the amount of talent we have, we wouldn't have lost three games based upon the opponents we played against. Like Dylan's best game was Texas. It was. And uh, that's worth one win or one loss. I think Jackson could have gotten a win in one of these two games to uh, nullify that loss. Or I don't think Jackson would have cost us three games. And so that part of me is I am I, I am at peace with saying Dylan earned it. So I'm not tripping. But everybody knows that I, I felt Jackson was the better option going into the season. Dylan proved me wrong, and then I think Dylan has also proved us right. Fantastic stuff today, as always. DMAC and uh, Sooner Nation, uh, make sure if you're not subscribed to the Barry and Mac show over there on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts, go check us out on the X. DMAC is at D underscore Mac 13. Find me at BYS Fitness at letter B Wise fitness as you can see right behind in the beautiful facetime camera uh want to thank you all for listening to the show um also go support sooners 360 go check it out put some content over there uh dmac rocking the mint shirt heck yeah man full brand awareness ladies and gents uh but it's been a fun fun season still got three of these left plus a bowl game and we are going to keep bringing you guys the content um, while we uh, work around a crazy schedule, both of us just picked the picked the football season to uh, go hard and heavy into uh, <laughs> into some other stuff. But I uh, want to thank you all for hopping on, listening today, and sharing the in the fun. Thank you so much. We will see you soon. <laughs>